0: Anchor makes it easy for us. We create the content, and Anchor does all the rest of the work. I dig that the most. So, if you've always wanted to start a podcast, make money doing it, go to Anchor.fm/start to join the Inhumans and a diverse community of like-minded degenerate podcasters already using Anchor. That's Anchor.fm/start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. You know I'll be listening. The time has come For bad things to eat The time has come In 1987, Boogie Down Productions released their debut album, Criminal Minded, which is widely regarded as a classic and one of the most influential hip-hop albums of all time. It was followed up in 1988 by their second album, By All Means Necessary, which also performed very well. Even though the second album pretty much completely did away with the violence and had a considerable increase in positive messages, it still gave hardcore hip hop fans something to ride to. The third album, however, wasn't quite received the same. Ghetto music, the blueprint of hip hop, while pure hip hop fans appreciated and understood everything that went into the album and what it stood for, radio stations, critics, and casual fans didn't take to it. Ghetto music replaced the more traditional, hard-hitting hip-hop beats and rhymes with the more tribal sound and political themes. To a lot of people, the album was considered a disappointment. Some of us understood, though, that this was an album that KRS-One needed to do. It was a part of him, that was inside him, that he needed to let out. He understood that it wasn't going to hit the average listener like the first two albums did. That's why on the fourth album, Edutainment, which came out in 1990 and kept moving with the positive and political messages, but took a turn back toward the more traditional hip hop sound with songs like Love's Gonna Get Ya, You Know the Rules, and The Kenny Parker Show. On a song titled Original Lyrics, he said First and second album rocked you, third album made you think and The dance crew, but it gives me a chance to see who was really down with BDP. Now, in light of recent revelations regarding accusations that were made against a pioneer in hip hop and KRS1's opinions of those accusations, he's probably not a person who I should be referencing right now. But this was really the best way for me to illustrate my point. The first two installments of Whatever the hell this thing is that I'm doing, made a lot of noise, shook a lot of pillars, agitated a lot of gravel. Had a lot of people telling me that they couldn't wait to hear more stories about my personal life. Again, that's gonna happen, but not always. This is my process. Talking about Keiko Matsui and Deva Primal was important to me. I make no apologies for that. However, I do want to clear something up from earlier. Apparently, some people understandably got the wrong idea about my sisters from the story that I told when I started this thing. That's my fault for not properly telling the story. To clear it up, we were kids. It was a long time ago. Both of my sisters have grown into beautiful, responsible, and respectable adults. They love me very much and I can't even begin to express how much I love them. People grow up, and if they're lucky, they learn. We all had a lot to learn. My sisters are amazing, and I'm proud to be their brother. Now. I've been described as a hermit. That's a fair description of me. I almost never leave my house, and I don't do well at all around humans. I am not the least bit sociable. Still, I somehow tend to connect with people, and I get attached. My friends and family have a tremendous amount of power over me, because I feel what they feel. When my friends hurt, I hurt. And there's been a lot of hurt among a lot of my friends lately, so I've been hurting a lot. I feel like I don't have to keep reminding you at this point, I get crazy emotional. So as emotional as I get, as antisocial as I am, as seldom as I leave my house, how do I connect with people? It's the 21st century. I do it just like how everybody else does it, or at least I used to. Let's go back in time a little bit and see where this takes us. So I had mentioned that after I lost my eye and left radio, I moved back to Cleveland after living in Pittsburgh for about six years and spent a few years as a stay-at-home dad. During the years that I spent in Pittsburgh, my friends stayed home in Cleveland, living their lives. By the time I came home, a couple of my friends had kids, but I was the only one who was a full-time dad, so I still wasn't really able to see much of anybody who was over three feet tall. My friends would come to see me occasionally, but my kids were my number one priority, and since their mother was gone for most of the day, every day, my focus was on taking care of my little girls. By the time they were old enough to go to school, and I finally had time to be a person again, my friends were either starting families of their own, or moving away, or both. I don't mind being alone, I actually enjoy being alone, but... I was looking forward to spending some time with my friends, and that ship had sailed. So what was there for me to do? I stayed home for a little bit, worked on some songs, lost a little bit more of my mind every day, battled depression like it dissed me in a rap song, and I decided to go back to school to learn a new skill. I did that, bing bang boom, yada yada, I'm self-employed. I'm not gonna tell you what I do for a living. You don't really need to know that and I don't wanna tell you, so yeah, no. Anyway, I still wasn't hanging out with anybody. My friends were gone. I would talk to my cousin D just about every day, but he was in Pittsburgh, so again, what do I do? Some of my friends were still making a serious push for a career in music, including my boy Rich, who I'm gonna have to tell you about sometime. Our story is extraordinary. And my cousin Dee, who was always looking for the latest innovation and trying to stay ahead of the curve. He called me one day and told me about this new way to network and promote music. Said you could do it on the internet. He said it's called MySpace. He told me all about MySpace and it sounded pretty cool, but it didn't take long for his focus to shift from promoting music to hooking up with girls. I had very little interest in pushing music on the internet, and as for hooking up with girls, I was a family man at that point. I didn't need that kind of trouble, so I never got into MySpace. D stayed on MySpace for a while until he discovered something better, Facebook. Facebook was bigger and better, and everybody was on Facebook, including everybody you ever went to school with, and that was all I needed to hear for me to say, fuck Facebook forever. I don't ever want to see anybody I ever went to school with. I did not like those people, and they damn sure didn't like me. I don't want any parts of that, so MySpace wasn't for me, Facebook wasn't for me, but for some reason, I was intrigued by the next thing, Twitter was something about it, I don't know. Maybe because it was smaller, it was simpler, nobody I knew was on there and I didn't have to use my real name. I love the idea of all of that. So in June of 2011, I joined. In the beginning, it was so much fun, man. Everybody was there to have a good time and it seemed like everybody was at that time. At that time, everybody was there just to tell jokes or to talk about what they were doing or to mention something funny that happened to them that day or just to flirt or connect with people. It was literally all good. My first day on Twitter, I had no idea how to gain followers, so I looked up on YouTube how to find followers. And because I'm a brilliant genius, I didn't do whatever it was that they said to do in the videos. I just posted my Twitter handle in the comments and followed anybody who did the same. I got a few followers that way, but not many. Still, I enjoyed spilling out my stupid brain junk, even though nobody was really paying attention. It was still fun. After maybe about a week or two, I found this lady who was hilarious and very popular. I guess you could say she was Twitter famous. She was crazy funny and had thousands and thousands of followers. I wish I could remember her name because she was the first person on Twitter who made me feel like I was somebody. I would like all of her tweets and on the occasion that I would say something that was mildly amusing, she would like mine. Still, I only had a handful of followers and I wasn't interacting with anybody, so... After about a month, I tweeted that I felt like I was talking to myself. She saw that, liked and retweeted a bunch of my stupid tweets, and posted, Hey, everybody, go follow the new guy. He's cool. As silly as it might sound, that might have been the coolest thing to happen for me on Twitter. It made me feel good, which was really all I was looking for. From her endorsement, followers started to pour in, including friends who stuck with me for years, like Two for Joy, Kitty Cat Black, Plum Pudding, and Whoopsie Daisy. Before long, I had over 100 followers and then 300, and I thought I was the man. <laughs> At the most, I had about 5,000 followers and built real bonds with people like T. Ginger, Typo Joe, Tori, and other friends who I hope are hearing this right now. So I was way into Twitter, and I was way into listening to podcasts, so I thought I could double my fun by combining the two. I will post links to some of my favorite podcasts like Legends of the Panel, Saturday Morning Cartoons, Wrestling Soup, and of course Get in the Corner and what was then THT Podcast. Shout out to Wrestling Overdose and Dirty Dudes. It's still my family. Anyway, I would tweet out the links to their shows along with the most outlandish quotes that I could find in the episode that I posted. It became my thing, and it was how I got the attention of all the guys on those shows and ended up becoming friends with them. That was how I went from being a listener to becoming a legitimate part of the community. I didn't even have an agenda. I was just posting the links to let my followers know, hey, look, this is what I'm into. I even discovered a few podcasts on Twitter and started listening to them as a result of following them, like Suplex City Limits and Wrestling's High Marks. As a matter of fact, Twitter was how I was able to connect with Bobby Blades, Klondike Bill, and Burbs. Twitter was literally all good, until it wasn't. At some point, it started to seem like more and more people were more interested in being as negative as possible on Twitter. A lot of the fun people started to fade away and were replaced by people who just wanted to fight about everything. It seemed like any and everybody was offended by any and everything that any and everybody else had to say. It got to the point where you couldn't say good morning without being accused of being a sexist, racist, libtard, Nazi snowflake. Nobody was safe, no matter what side of whatever fence you stood on. The general attitude on Twitter is I can say whatever I want to say because I'm the one who's right and I don't give a fuck. But if you have an opinion that differs slightly from the thing that I just said, then you're just a piece of shit. And it's obviously because of your race, gender, religion or political beliefs. Twitter just became a toxic cesspool of hate and misery. I caught my share of attacks from representatives of just about any group you could think of. Go ahead and name one atheists yep christians i am a christian but yeah feminists fuck yeah conservatives liberals white people black people i caught shit from all angles it was not fun anymore but at least i still had my podcast family unfortunately it was just a matter of time before a problem started there too I'm not gonna go too deep into detail because I don't wanna rehash anything that's best left unsaid, and I definitely don't wanna fan the flames of any fires that may still be burning. I felt things falling apart between a lot of my friends. I'm not airing anybody out here. It it wasn't just one or two of my friends. There was chaos and turmoil all throughout the community. And to be perfectly honest, I was just as guilty as anybody. With Twitter becoming unbearable for me, and my community falling apart in front of me, I just couldn't handle it. I am way too damn emotional. My reaction was emotional. I can admit that I handled the whole thing badly. I sent a group DM to a bunch of my friends, most who were involved in the drama, some who were not but I felt should know what was going on. In that DM, I very dramatically told my friends that I was done. I'm embarrassed about it now, but I told them that I was done with Twitter and that I was walking away from podcasting until we were able to do better. For a short while, I completely pulled out of everything. Some of my friends were depending on me for certain things. And because I can't control my emotions, I pulled the fuck out. I handled it so very badly, but to my friend's credit, none of them criticized me for it. None of them at all. They all understood and they stood by me and supported my decision. Every one of them. The whole thing even actually brought me closer to some of them. I am extremely grateful for my friends, no matter what we go through. My good friend, Papa Dave Sincere had to remind me that no matter what, we are family. And families fight, it's what they do. But families do not stop loving each other. I'm paraphrasing, but I got the general idea. I take away two things from this. First, even though I'm done with Twitter, I recognize that it brought me some of the best people I have ever known in my life. So for that, I can't see it as being all bad. And the main takeaway for me is that I am not alone. No matter what. No matter how I feel. No matter what I go through. My friends are always ready and willing to walk with me in search of my lost soul. With all of that said, I want you to contact me. You might be mentioned on an upcoming session. Honestly, you probably will be mentioned on an upcoming session. We all have something to say. I want to know what's on your mind. What's in your soul. No, you're not going to find me on Twitter. I'm not going back to that place. But you can email me in search of my lost soul at gmail.com.